What? Where's your chocolate drizzle? I am a strong, independent woman. If I don't want chocolate drizzle, I don't have to have chocolate drizzle, Kyle. You sure you just didn't forget about it? No, I didn't want it because I have a graham cracker. I don't know if that's a substitute or not. I don't. I don't think those are mutually exclusive. Mm-mm-mm. For me, they are. Because then I lose out on the vanilla flavor wafer of the graham cracker. I Because then it's overpowered by the chocolate. Respect that choice. And I really uh, Chris, I Chris. wanted the graham cracker to be a graham cracker forward. <laughs> graham cracker forward. Look what you've done. Look what you've done. Pair this with a fine red. (laughs) Supposed to not be laughing right now. Brings out the gram in the cracker. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast. Your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Ultra Unlock details? Yes, please. We'll have to work in concert to finish these global challenges. You could say music-themed events are my forte. The stage is set. It's almost GoFest time. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to GoCast episode 153. It's July 13th, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. What up, Kyle? Uh, Stuff. Stuff and things and GoFest looming. That's true. Yeah, that's pretty much all I can think about is GoFest and I'm <laughs> just, I'm nervous, I'm excited, <laughs> I'm somewhat i think we talked about this before just even if you're excited about it but you're like still dreading it because it's a big thing you know like i'm just feeling a whole range of emotions today i i tell you what but we're gonna do an episode nonetheless um it's going to be a little bit abbreviated we did forego a couple of sections for this episode uh mostly because kyle and i are going to be doing some other content throughout the week We'll mention at the end of the show, but up front, just so everybody can hear it, because I'm not sure if everybody listens all the way through. Uh, but on Thursday, our normal streaming time, which I believe is like 730-ish, at twitch.tv forward slash GoCast podcast, we're going to be doing a GoFest prep stream in lieu of our platinum playthrough we're currently working through. And we're going to go through our inventory, talk about, you know, uh, what raid Pokemon we're going to be focusing and stuff like that. So if you'd like to join in, that's the time we're going to be doing it. Or if you've heard this after the fact, the VOD will be available on our channel as well. If you'd like to follow along in preparation for GoFest. In addition, we are currently planning on recording on Saturday night and Sunday night. Just some like takeaways, recap of the day, that sort of thing. Uh, with the two of us and some willing participants from the group that we'll be hanging out with, which is mostly comprised of good friends of ours and mods in our Patreon Discord, one of which is a familiar voice. It'll be DeFi E250. Um, and if you've listened to the mod episode, you will also recognize other voices as well. Again, I'll mention this at the end of the show, but in case I forget, there it is. But before we get started here proper, I'd like to give a shout out to four of our patrons, three new, one not returning, but increased their pledge. 
That is to Larry, Lisa, and Scotty. And special shout out to Rita for increasing the pledge. Thank you so very, very much for your support. We appreciate it. And we appreciate your confidence in our content platform. All right, Kyle. Uh, speaking of confidence, let's just take a 180 and oh no, <laughs> talk about being overconfident in our goals from last week. We were really flying high from last week's goals because the only thing we really didn't get were Shiny Tepig, and that was largely out of our control. <laughs> yeah. But this one... Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, let's let's start with you, okay? Okay. All right. We have a collection challenge ongoing. And while we do have a couple of days left, we both had this goal of getting it done by recording time. So, how did you fare? I did it. Nice. I got it done on Sunday. Nice, nice. Um, I would love to hear your feelings on it, but let's do that after goals because I have thoughts too. Okay. You wanted to do all Meltan boxes possible. I have, but I will not be able to for the event. I, I just used one today, which is the maximum three since the event started. But if I wanted to do the four possible, I would have had to use it yesterday. And I just totally forgot. Gotcha. So is this a yay or a nay? That's a yay because the event's still not over and I wasn't counting that last one. So <laughs> Okay. All right. Fair enough. A second shiny Meltan? No, I did not get that one. Okay. And the one that everybody's been waiting for that you probably forgot. Did you finish the higher they fly? I did not finish it. Oh, Kyle. I did not forget. I still have to do an a cliff. Okay. I didn't right. do enough rocket grunts when I went out and played on Sunday to to get to the second radar that i needed because i only got to one gotcha well kudos to you for trying uh while we are traveling for go fest <laughs> i will make it a personal goal of mine <laughs> to ask you about that research several thousand times during the weekend okay. yes okay um all right that's two out of four for you sir well done all things considered of course uh for myself i said some some lofty goals yeah, and I man. had a rough week just personally, professionally and otherwise just it's <laughs> a long week. Uh, so I wanted to catch a shiny Dawarmaka that didn't happen. I did catch two other shinies though. It was a Tepig and a Chikorita. <laughs> <laughs> I was so expecting to find a shiny Chikorita this week. I don't know why. So yeah, no, it, uh, I mean, they're both it. they're both decent IVs because they were both from research tasks. So I'm not like 100 oh. percent mad. But at the same time, I'm like, really? Come on. Anyway, collection challenge did. I did finish that. I actually had to leave my house to go do that one. Um, we can talk about it in a minute here. 16.5 million experience. I'm a million short. I didn't have any time to grind for that for sure. And uh, 6.5 million stardust. I'm 400,000 short. I didn't have a chance to grind for stardust either so uh, i only really had a chance to get out once and i prioritized the collection challenge which i think is the smart move in this case uh, but that's one out of four for me it's a bad week goals wise but uh not too bad to play a little bit less this week i think in preparation for go fest don't want to burn ourselves up before a large event but i'm also just making excuses <laughs> <laughs> you were saving right. resources that's what that's what you were doing 
True. And I did, I did have like my ball going and stuff while I was looking for the starters for the collection challenge. Um, and that was kind of the goal was don't catch anything else besides what I need to and amass some supplies. Uh, so I guess now's a great time for me to ask you, what did you think about the collection challenge? Cause boy, oh boy, do we <laughs> and everybody else have some feelings. I found it very frustrating and I I'm all for it being challenging but the problem was gated behind a lot of luck or a lot of play, I guess, depending. But play just reduces your RNG in this game. That's how that works. So it, it was it was very frustrating that some spawns were tied behind lures or specific research that could be any of the three that you needed from that generation. Yeah, I would agree 100%. That's exactly my feeling as well. Um, it was challenging for the wrong reason. And uh, I think the frustrating part was in particular, what you highlighted at the end there was that if you wanted to target something and even go and hunt for the proper task, it didn't guarantee you're going to find the one you wanted. It was still a, an RNG of three. And we all know mm-hmm. when we're trying to evolve our shiny Eevees into uh, Flareon, Vaporeon, and Jolteon, after we've already <laughs> used the name trick, how frustrating even RNG of 33% can be, you yep. know? And so I think this really highlighted that I'm happy it's done and over with. And I was lucky enough to sit under like five lures for about an hour and I finished it up. But also having some appear in the wild and then some exclusively in tasks or lures was a little off putting for me in my personal play experience. But I will say, if you weren't able to get out the daily research tasks that you get for free, the green ones, those were tasks that could give you some of these that you were missing. Yeah, but the problem was some of those tasks cannot be completed at home currently. There are some for like spinning Pokestops. Oh, really? Or sending gifts if you're out of gifts. Yeah, I was getting to send the gifts one, but your buddy should be bringing you gifts right now, too. So, so, but there there is is the spin stop one in particular that you can't do at home. It's a little bit annoying to get. True. Yeah, this is just a really strange transition period for this game in particular. Um, so I guess a little bit of, of a rocky road is to be expected, but universally, and, and I love collection challenges, you know, I was like, I don't know, <laughs> a little uncomfortable with this one, but in any event, we did finish it with a few days to spare. So Yahoo, good for us. If you were working on it and it was to the buzzer, we hope that you got it by the time you hear this positive vibes trainers. Okay. Let's hop into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. We've only got one piece of news this week, but it's monstrous in its thickness of information. Would you say that it's an ultra piece of news? I would say that. I would say that. And and no more or no less than that. It's not great or master. It's ultra. (laughs) (laughs) So it begins with trainers. Pokemon Go Fest 2021 is quickly approaching, and we're so excited to finally share more details on what to look forward to this year, including a new Ultra Unlock. Woo! And the people did sing. Want to catch up on what we already shared? Check out the main event announcement and the Sunday gameplay reveal and the Google Play sponsorship details blog. I should say something we're not going to be covering on the show today is that there are some Google Play sponsorship details in the blog post they specifically referenced here. But also there's a way for each of us, and you probably got this push notification in-game, 
but you can redeem three months of YouTube premium uh, through a partnership with Niantic if you are a brand new YouTube premium uh, subscriber or member or account. Like if you haven't had it before, that's the way to say it. So I would encourage you, if you're interested in those sorts of things, go and take a look at those particular blog posts. But outside of saying that they exist, not a whole lot to cover in those news items. So we're not going to really cover them. Back to this news item, though. In addition to previously announced Pokemon Go Fest 2021 details, all trainers can look forward to the following. So this is for everybody. Every trainer will be able to make up to six special trades each day from Friday at 1 p.m. to Sunday at 11 p.m. PDT. This is great because that means that you can make up to 18 special trades for the entire weekend if you're good about it. (laughs) Thank you. God. Yep. Yeah. Like it only took them three years to implement this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a, this is a big deal. Um, so if you're doing a little meetup, kind of like what we are doing, we're getting it. We're going to a safe place with a limited number of friends that we can, you know, do our social distancing appropriately and all that sort of stuff. This is great for us. So if you're in a similar situation, this is great for you. We hope that you can take advantage of this. Pikachu wearing a special Meloetta-inspired hat will be appearing in the wild during event hours on Saturday and Sunday. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny one. Very cool. During event hours on Saturday, the following Pokemon will be appearing in raids. Galarian Ponyta and Galarian Zigzagoon wearing Meloetta-inspired hats will be appearing in one-star raids, as will Dino, but regular Dino. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny Galarian Ponyta, a shiny Galarian Zigzagoon, or a shiny dino so if you missed out on other opportunities to farm dino encounters this is a great chance for you to throw some money at the problem i suppose galarian wheezing hitmontop and kranidos will be appearing in three star raids evolve curlia ralts evolution during event hours on saturday or sunday to get a gardevoir that knows synchronize this was its community move from several years ago now Evolve the Brava Trap Inches Evolution during event hours on Saturday or Sunday to get a Flygon that knows Earth Power. Same deal. This was its previous Community Day moves. Kyle, quick gut check. Are they worth evolving for? Curlia is absolutely not worth evolving for. Don't do it unless you want to actually collect it. Because shortly after Synchronoise came out, they buffed Psychic. So Psychic is just better than Synchronoise. Oops. (laughs) I antic. I don't actually remember if Flygon is okay with earth power. I think it's the preferred move if you use it in PVP, but it's yeah. not the greatest in PVP, if I recall correctly. My understanding was that Flygon's just not very good on the DPS charts for rating in general, and so it was mostly of value for PVP players. Yeah, it looks like Shadow Flygon is kind of all right in Great League awesome. with earth power. There you go. So if you want to snag one, that's the time. Pokemon Go Fest 2021 ticket holders can also look forward to the features listed below. So this is for those of us that have tickets. Certain Pokemon appearing during the event will know special attacks. Please note that only ticket holders will encounter these Pokemon. Pikachu Popstar will know Draining Kiss, and Pikachu Rockstar will know Meteor Mash. Pick the one you'd like to encounter as you complete your special research. God of War will know Secret Noise and Flygon will know Earth Power. Both will potentially be wearing Meloetta-inspired hats. Potentially, don't you think they do? I think they will be. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will be. Yeah. 
As you complete your special research, you'll be prompted to select which costume Pokemon you'd like to encounter. This decision will determine if you encounter Gardevoir wearing a Meloetta-inspired hat or Flygon with the same hat during the event. Okay, I see. So if I choose to go the route that has the Gardevoir, the Flygons that I encounter might not have the hat or just won't. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Both Pokemon will be appearing as special research reward encounters, and if you're lucky, will also be attracted to incense. Will also be attracted to incense. The Pokemon you don't select will be attracted to incense during the event hours, but it won't be wearing a hat. Oh, there we go. Nice confirmation right within the the same paragraph. (laughs) Make sure to take a snapshot during event hours on Saturday after completing the special research. By doing so, you'll encounter either Pikachu Popstar or Pikachu Rockstar, depending on your earlier choice. That is to say, it's going to be the same as your choice, not the inverse. Um, And I believe that the only way to encounter the other version, and by encounter, I mean to obtain, is to trade with a friend. So make sure you do these photo bombs so that you can get copies of those Pokemon so that you can trade them with somebody else. It's worth noting, these will not be spawns. They will not show up in incense. They will not come from lures. They will not be in the wild. They're only coming from photo bombs and special research. So there is... A limited number, however many that is, that you can get. Also, these Pikachu cannot be shiny, as opposed to the Meloetta-inspired hat versions that everybody can see in the spawns in the wild. These ones will not be. Still not sure which Pikachu to pick? In addition to determining what music will accompany your Pokemon Go Fest experience, this choice will also affect which avatar pose you receive. And this was actually the uh, deciding factor for me. Trainers who select Pikachu Popstar will get an iconic pose. Trainers who select Pikachu Rockstar will get a rockin' pose. It It's like the two choices were just made for Chris and me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the two, two poses when they were leaked earlier. And I was like, oh, Chris is giving that one. I don't even know which one it's tied to. I just know we're giving that one. <laughs> It's extra, dude. It's so extra. It's, but the air guitar the one. It's the yeah, pop star one. In case the the air guitar one for Kyle is is on point. <laughs> yeah. It's on point. Yeah. Speaking of avatars, avatar items exclusive to Pokemon Go Fest 2021 will also be available. Some exciting music themed avatar items will be making their debut in the in-game shop on Friday, July 16th at 11 a.m. PDT, including shirts with Wishmer, Loudred, and Xploud inspired patterns face stickers and a guitar case backpack that's actually really fun i'm not being sarcastic that sounds really cool (laughs) Uh, trainers with tickets for pokemon go fest 2021 will be rewarded with an exclusive meloetta shirt avatar item once they complete the event's special research don't forget the pokemon go fest 2021 shirt avatar item is free for everyone regardless of whether you have a ticket and will be available starting on friday january 16th at 11 a.m pdt Let's all celebrate Pokemon Go Fest together. So if you want to feel like you're involved because you kind of are, because they gave a lot of global bonuses anyway, the shirt's free. Pokemon Go Fest 2021 Ultra Unlock. This is the big kahuna of information right here. Well, kind of. (laughs) You'll see what I mean in a moment here. Trainers will be able to work together in the Global Challenge Arena. This is not new. We had this last year as well. This exclusive feature will be available only to ticket holders. In the Global Challenge Arena, trainers will have the chance to join forces in order to complete a collaborative challenge each hour. If trainers complete a challenge, they will earn a bonus for the remainder of the hour. 
You can check the Global Challenge Arena screen to keep track of global progress. Complete a certain number of challenges in the Global Challenge Arena to unlock the following bonuses that will occur after Pokemon Go Fest 2021. Complete a total of 24 challenges in order to unlock all three. We There were a couple of hours last year where we didn't, we almost didn't make it, but we got everything finished last year. Yeah. 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 So don't, don't take that as a threat, but it'll get finished. <laughs> like they may be like, oh yeah, Team Instinct's only done 75% and there's 20 minutes left. Yeah. But it'll get done. It will. So Ultra Unlock Part 1. Time. If trainers complete a total of eight global challenges, they'll gain access to Ultra Unlock Part 1. Time. The flow of time will be disrupted. Pokemon from various eras will be appearing more often. Part 1. Time will run from Friday, July 23rd at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, August 3rd at 8 p.m. local time. You can't see me, but Kyle was able to see me with my hands do like a little rainbow effect. Like Chris, Chris is doing a little, little jazz hands a little over, bit over there. You got to get into the got to get into the moment, you know. Ultra on like part two space, space, space. If trainers complete a total of 16 global challenges, they'll gain access to Ultra Unlock Part 2 space. As Part 1 time wraps up, you'll set our we'll set our eyes to its other dimensional counterpart, space. Space itself will be distorted as Pokémon from various places appear. Part 2 space will run from Friday, August 6th at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, August 17th at 8 p.m local time that was obnoxious i appreciate everybody listening through that (laughs) are you noticing the theme here i am we're getting a lot of details that are not very detailed (laughs) really i really want you to edit like the regirock noise in for the three question marks oh (laughs) part three I will absolutely do that. Ultra Unlock Part 3. If trainers complete a total of 24 global challenges, they'll unlock Ultra Unlock Part 3. What will happen once Parts 1 and 2 are over? Will these abnormal events continue to happen? What awaits us in Part 3? Stay tuned, trainers. We'll keep you posted on our findings. Part 3. We'll run from Friday, August 20th, 2021 at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, August 31st at 8 p.m. local time. We can't wait for you all to experience the musical adventure we have in store. We hope this year's Pokemon Go Fest experience can make playing from your favorite places feel extra special. All right, Kyle, big takeaways. How you feel about this? Uh, well, I, I feel like it's worth mentioning for people who might not be in the know Time and space are the Gen Four legendaries. It's Dialga and Palkia. Oh, so is that what that was? <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. It, it leads itself to believe the question marks are Giratina. But Chris raised an interesting point in that Giratina shiny in both forms is already out. So what are they going to do to make that one special? Maybe give it a special move or something. Oh, what's Giratina's special move? Please, I need it. Be great. Yeah. I mean, each form has its own unique moveset. 
So they'd have to. Mm, no, I mean, in Go it does, but yeah. Not and go Pokemon, it does. So. But we're talking about Go here, okay? Yeah, but when you talk about the signature move, they just give it the same signature move in both. It could. It could do that. How do you make a that. signature move that's better than Shadow Ball, though? You For, don't? Yeah. Give it a Dragon-type move? That would probably get, get, hurt. That would probably be really good in PvP, I'd imagine. Give it Charm. <laughs> Break <laughs> the game. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm a little underwhelmed with how much detail we're getting here. I mean, we're able to extrapolate some with time and space for sure. But when I said when I saw the title that said details, I was expecting a little bit more like last year. I believe that they line they just laid out all of the bonuses we were actually going to get and everything like that. And this feels a little hollow. I don't doubt that the bonuses are going to be great. I would just like to know what I'm working for. And especially for the global challenges in the moment that we're going to be doing. Like I want more information about that, but I'm sure it'll be apparent on the day, obviously. Yeah. Like the legendaries, which we can obviously guess from the details is all good, but the details also hint at more than just that. And that's the part that I'm interested in knowing about because right. we know the legendaries are coming eventually, especially with the remakes coming up. So I want to know what they mean by the flow of time will be disrupted and Pokemon from various eras will show up. So, yeah, I wonder if it'll just be, you know, they break their seasons spawn pool and just do random Pokemon like all random for the entire time, which would be kind of cool. Or if they would do something fun, like maybe from a future generation, they'd bring in a couple of Pokemon. I feel like if they really want to stick with the the idea, it will just be a Sinnoh visit, basically. Only stuff from the Sinnoh region showing up. It could be. Could be. I don't know. There's nothing to go on here. <laughs> there's nothing and uh we we make a point of not really speculating too much because it seems like uh we're always wrong (laughs) so that being said i think that's pretty much it for the news there uh good luck to everybody on GoFest. uh given all these details make sure you work extra hard so we can find out what question mark question mark question mark actually means but let's move in to the Pokepole. We're going to be skipping gear up in lieu of our preparation stream on Thursday. It's going to be kind of like a gear up event. And Pokelore this week, we're just going to move on past it and we'll have something exciting for you next week. So last week's Pokepole question was, which Pokemon do you think needs a regional variant and how would you change it? First one's from Remy LeBeau. They said... I would make a regional variant of Eevee. Still holding out for Shadow Eevee for my email a few weeks ago. I would make it a fighting type that stands on its hind legs so its front paws could be used for punching. My idea for a regional variant for Eevee is one that evolves into a regional variant for everything. So it's it's Galarian Eevee, and when it evolves into Galarian Flareon, it's not a fire type anymore. It's something else sort of like how galarian zapdos is not electric flying anymore it'd be cool if it if it was the same because the names are pl- are plays on 
but, the elements, but it gave it like a, a smart second typing instead. I, I mean, yeah, for sure. But it also would just be funny for the names to, to not match the typing completely. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But but yeah. The next one's from Kimmy. And they said, Gyarados. I can never spell it right. That's, that's right. It's right there. Magikarp is fine the way it is, but getting a region-specific evolution would be amazing. <laughs> it would be cool to see each region's version slash legend of what a dragon serpent might look like. Just like different regions have different versions of those in real life. Typing would also vary based on these legends. I like it. I like it a lot. That's a really, really cool idea. There are so many great variations of dragon to to play on there. That would be cool. I think my highlight of this answer is Magikarp is fine the way it is. That's because Magikarp is. I'm, yeah. I'm already seeing people make jokes online like, all right, when's Magikarp being added into Pokemon Unite so I can main it? <laughs> I'm more worried about when Pokemon Unite's coming out. Ugh. Look, I'm still holding out for this weekend. We don't have to talk about that right oh, now. Oh, man. It's going to drop over and go faster. We're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Next email is from Matters. He said, hello, gents. I'd like to see a Galar variant of Snubble. It needs to switch colors from pink to white and brindle. Remove all the silly frills and replace with mutton chop style facial fuzz, a bowler hat, and a monocle to finish off the look. I think its type should change from fairy to dark, and then it would be a bulldog ready to roam the streets of Victorian London. For for those listeners who haven't been around very long, Matters is from the UK. So I love this so much. I can already picture it like vividly. Oh yeah, clear in my mind's eye. It's so perfect. Yeah. Yes, it needs to exist. This would make me like Snubble. I just picture it with the bowler hat, but like it's not a hat. It's actually part of its body because it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I like it. Like its ears come up and make that that shape or something like that. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. There's, there's, there's potential right there. Absolutely. <laughs> Next one's from Clothar. He said an Alola version of Doduo and Dodrio that is fairy flying. Change the colors to better resemble a flamingo and give some love to usually overlooked Pokemon. I can respect that. It's a good idea. I think while they were at it, they have to give it a third evolution. I think it would need the Galarian Zigzagoon route to really make Doduo shine. Yeah, but like I'm trying to think of it in my head. So it'll be Duo Trio and then what quad or or what? No, it's it. Uh, I mean, they, you could play with it, but yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not that clever. So. Do Dwad. What What does Obstagoon mean in relation to zigzag? Like I don't. I don't. I don't know. So. I think it's Obstagoon is like obstacles. Uh, obstinate. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm, I. I think. I think there's room to play there. I, I think it's a. It's a good one. Yeah. Though. I love the idea. I love the idea. The next one's from just the average Joe. They said Cantonian Mana. Drop the psychic type for Mono Fairy, evolves into a Fairy Ghost Musharna. Someone come up with a better name. I don't have anything clever off the cuff. <laughs> but my thinking is that it sort of resembles Ghastly, but the vapor slash cloud is the same pink as Musharna, and it resembles a full moon shining through the clouds. I think it would fit well in Mount Moon and would be cool in Lavender Town. And I like the idea of a Fairy Ghost. 
you know, it took me, it took me a second. But then like the picture came together, as you said, the full moon shining through the clouds. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. Uh, Yeah. How about Boo Sharna? Boo Sharna. If we wanted to go with a, uh, with a fire version of it, it could be Mooshwarma. No. (laughs) Boo Sharma is almost as bad as Kursala. Which Crystal, I thought was clever. Oh, no, get it's out! Terrible name. Oh, it's a terrible no. name. Oh my God! Here it is. Mark your Chris and Kyle disagree about something dumb in the middle of your bingo card. There it is. <laughs> You're not supposed to mark it. It's a free space. Well, you know, if you forgot. <laughs> Next one is from Scottius Prime. They said, "I'd love to see a regional variant of Heracross." Give my main bug guy a bug fighting type. That or a regional variant of Sneasel slash Weavile. Maybe fighting or fairy. I think Heracross I think Heracross is due for a regional variant that brings it an evolution to like extreme levels. I don't know. It's I know Heracross got its mega. It needs an evolution. I think it would I think it would do well with an evolution or like a baby form. Yeah, something that something that adds more flavor and, and Doing that at the same time as a regional variant just gives a lot of room, as they've mm-hmm. shown with several Pokemon now, like yep. Farfetch'd. Yep. On the last two are in the form of emails that we're going to read. First one's from August, and they said, Hey, Christ and Sile. Here's my answer to the Pokepole is a Galarian, Scolipede, Whirlipede, and Venipede as convoy trucks. So Venipede would be one truck. Whirlipede is the same but bigger and has spiky wheels. And finally, the one you've all been waiting for, Scolipede, would have a long line of Whirlipede all connected. These would all be steel bug type and have bullet seed. I can get behind it. We don't have anything based off of vehicles really in Charge bug. That's... Almost barely counts, but yes. You just don't like Charge Bug. I don't like Charge Bug. I think <laughs> that Roly Poly, Roly Coley, sorry, is a closer thing to a vehicle than Charge Bug. Yeah. And then they went and ruined it with Colossus, who could have been so good. And then just, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I was Col- really Colossal is sick. They just got rid of the wheel theme. It's sick in its own right. Look, I just saw a fan art that mo- edited its feet to be replaced with like a giant mono wheel. And I was like, it looks so much better. So <laughs> I think I think there's room to be filled with yeah. in, the, in the vehicle sub thing sure. for Pokemon. And the last one's from Oliver. And they said, hi, GoCast. From this week's Pokemon question. My answer is I think Gudra should have a regional variant. It would be cool if it became a poison type and became more sludge-like, a bit like Alolan Muck with multicolors. Gudra definitely was robbed by only being dragon type. I, I 100%. 100%. 100%. I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, Kyle, but guess who hatched a 98% Gumi? Look, I don't care. 15, 15, 14, baby. Oh, that's unfortunate. I, I, I caught something... This last week, that was a 14, 15, 15. That was very disappointing. So, good punch. I don't, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it, it, it could have been good. It could yeah. have been good. Yeah. 
So for this week's Poke Poll is what is your main goal for GoFest or what was your top memory from this year's GoFest, depending on when you listen slash answer. All right, Chris, main goal for GoFest. So I think for the two of us, we're going to say our main goal for this GoFest and then what our top memory was from a previous GoFest because it'll be fun. Okay. Um, but my goal for this GoFest is to just play really hard. Just it's it's been such a long time of being inside and stuff like that. You know, endurance is always a, a question when you talk about these things. And uh, the last in-person GoFest, I pushed myself too hard. I went downtown like four days, <laughs> all four days, and uh, it bit me in the butt. So I'm, I'm excited to just focus and be intelligent about my play um, on these two days. And my goal is to get everything accomplished that I want to accomplish and just get through and feel very satisfied. And I'll save a memory for after you give your goal and then we can go back into memories. My main goal, which I'm going to reiterate at the end for the goal section, is I want to do 100 raids. That's that's the actual goal for GoFest. I got other stuff I'd like to accomplish and whatnot here and there, but that's the one that like want to try and do. Man. I think it's totally feasible now with remote raid passes. That's a fifth of a summer's worth of raiding. <laughs> Look, okay, I, I'm not going <laughs> to name any names, but I saw someone online Pokemon Go personality saying they were looking to do 700 raids over Saturday and Sunday. So I think I'm okay. Yeah, I I wonder what methods they're using to accomplish that. Uh, A friends list of 400 friends all consistently sending them raid invites for 48 hours straight. Uh, Kudos to them. I hope they've got game fuel lined up or something. (laughs) You know, monster on an IV drip. Maybe not monster. That would probably corrode your veins. Uh Goodness me. All right. Um, and now let's do a memory from a previous GoFest, one of our top memories. I think uh, for me, a memory, well, we talked about this one on the show. I could talk about us getting Gibbles in the graveyard two years ago. <laughs> that's a top, but I'm going to dig uh, I'm gonna dig a little deeper um, for something else. And I would probably say, and Kyle, this isn't fair because you weren't there, but the very first GoFest after GoFest because the game crashed they sent us all out and about into the city and home a little bit disappointed sunburned or sun poisoned in my case and everybody was just crowding the entire city and then they drop legendary raids and there's a Lugia right in front of the Art Institute of Chicago (laughs) and I kid you not like two to three hundred Pokemon Go trainers went into the street and stopped traffic to do that raid It was shoulder to shoulder. It was insane. It was quite a magical moment. It felt like it felt like the trailer that they put out for, mm-hmm, for these mm-hmm. raids. It was pretty crazy. So this is not necessarily my top memory, which I, I've shared in the past, but this is one that was funny and memorable for me. Towards the end of 2019's GoFest, we went our own separate ways to try and accomplish separate goals at opposite ends and Chris was just tired of walking at that point. His feet were <laughs> messed from having done like a hundred kilometers in two days. I hung out in the mud. <laughs> and so we, we came back together and asking Chris how he was. And he's just like, 
I just accidentally unlocked another charge move on this Pokemon. <laughs> and he said it was the third one he'd done it on. <laughs> yeah. And it was a, it was a nothing. It was an absolute garbage. And then he transferred it immediately because he didn't want to even remember it. I was so mad. <laughs> So and mad. that's just that one sticks with me. Like, Dude, oh. you were you were like caught between hysterically laughing and trying to not make me feel bad at the same time. Just like, I'm sorry, dude, but that's funny. Like, yeah. yeah. And it, it was it was at the time where everybody was doing it because the button was in a terrible, terrible place. Yes. So that's just what made it even better because everybody knew the pain. It was awful. It's awful. Well, anyway, dear listener, if you haven't answered the question, what is your main goal for GoFest or what was your top memory from this year's GoFest, depending on when you get around to listening or answering the question, you can uh, send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail to 262-586-7717. Or if you're a patron of ours, you can answer in our Pokepole dedicated Discord channel. More about Patreon and patronage at the end of the show. Um, all right, so we're going to pass this on over to Fish and DeFi E, who will be doing sort of a mailbag, among other things. Hi, I'm Fish and Ahita. And I'm DeFi 250 And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that is thick with three Cs. DeFi, what's going on in PvP right now? Well, I'm sure much to Fish's joy, we are done with the Ducklet Cup. Element Cup is over, so is Open Great League and Open Masters. Now we are in two weeks of Open Great League as well as the Great League Remix. We talked and did a deep dive on the Great League Remix last week, if you want to listen to it, where the top 20 meta Pokemon were banned. Fish, what have you been doing in Open Great League, Great League Remix so far this season? So I've been playing Remix, and I have been running Nidoqueen with Poison Fang Earth Power, Jellicent with Hex, Ice Beam, and Shadow Ball, and Abomasnow with the regular moveset. Nothing nothing weird going on there. No Razor Leaf happening on Abomasnow. I was originally using Stone Edge on Nidoqueen to get a better Mandibuzz matchup, but then I realized I was just losing too much by not running Earth Power. Like... I start to really struggle with Diggersby and uh, Registeel without Earth Power. So I switched over and I've been doing quite well. Awesome. I It's only we're recording this on Wednesday morning, my time. So we I've only been able to do a couple sets of Great League this season. I've been doing open Great League with the original Gobble Squad. Gobble Squad's named after the Fighting Gobbler and he runs Altaria in the lead. Defense Deoxys with Rock Slide and Psycho Boost on the safe swap and Lantern in the back. And that's just a really good, reliable team. Lantern does well against your Azumarils and your Skarmories. So I've really been enjoying that. But I also want to dive into the remix because there's a lot of Pokemon I'd really, really love to be able to use, like Nidoqueen, like um, my Diggersby, things like that. Obstagoon. I need to build an Obstagoon. Yeah. I also need to yeah. build Amanda Buzz. <laughs> Yeah, they're both pretty fun to use. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to a couple of people who are kind of within the the Pokemon Go podcast space. Uh, the first one is Blind Flip, who let me know that he used one of the teams that I suggested last week, which was Nidoqueen, Shadow Machamp, and Mandibuzz. And he said he was doing pretty well. He was winning one like his first eight in a row and, and then got to 10-5. And yeah, he's, he's been... 
has been going pretty well with it. Um, and that made me laugh particularly because I tested that team out myself against another podcast community member named Wildcat Dad, and he kicked my butt. <laughs> he was running a Drift Blim and Obstagoon core, which works very, very well together, and my team had pretty much no play against that. So it was good to see that someone else had taken it on, was using it in a, a real-time situation, and was actually getting good results with it. All right, and we are going to keep you all updated with what we are running in the Great League uh, next week. But for now, I think we can do a quick self-check-in and talk about Continentals. We have the dates, we have the meta, and we're excited to talk a little bit about it. First off, let's talk about the dates. So for the Continentals tournament, those select few people who have worked their way up to Continentals, they are going to play um, not this upcoming weekend of GoFest, but the weekend right after, July 24th and 25th. There's going to be a large Swiss-style tournament uh, that happens. The four different regions, North America, APAC, Latin America, and Europe, will all have their separate Continental tournament. After that, we go into phase two, which is a double elimination finals. The top eight competitors from each of those four events will go move on to the final rounds of their respective championship. They're going to face their opponents in double elimination bracket to determine the continental champion from each region. And that is going to happen the following weekend then. So that'll be July 31st, August 1st for each region. And then we will move on to find out who will be the world champion. And we will definitely be keeping everybody posted with those tournaments and how they all go as we move on through the season. But we have the meta now, Fish. What do you think of the Continentals meta? Oh, boy. they It's like they, they decided that Every meta should be like Venture Cup, and they would like, oh, let's just add more rules and more Pokemon and make it even more confusing, because <laughs> it's basically, they're using that same point team building structure, where you've got 20 points, and the best Pokemon are worth 10 points, the next best are worth 6, then you've got 4 pointers, and everything else is worth 1. But they've added the extra rule that you must have exactly one Pokemon from each generation of the game in your team. So you've got to have one Kanto Pokemon, one Johto, one Hoenn, one Sinnoh, one... What's the fifth one? Unova, and then the Unova. last one. Yep, and then slot six, they combined Kalos, Galar, and Alola. All are slot six combined together. There is a lot to process here it's funny because like i started at the end like towards the end of last season i started uh, doing a series when it uh, when the arena would announce a new meta i started doing what i called silf arena in five minutes where i just really quickly succinctly uh summarized what you need to know about the meta i can't do that with these wide open metas <laughs> I, I don't know how to summarize this so rather than making a meal of it uh we're just going to provide a nice handy infographic we're going to get chris to put that into the show notes and if you're interested you can check out what made the points list all right and with that we can do our deep dive for the week our and our deep dive is a mailbag because we have had so many awesome questions coming in 
from all of you listeners, and we really, really appreciate it. So we're going to feature four of those questions here on the show. The first one being a voicemail from Chris Dad. Hey, guys. This is Chris Dad. Um, I've got a question for DeFi and Fish. I caught a Shattered Rotini 15, 15, 14. I'm in a quandary. Do I purify it, get a hundo, or dive deep with a uh, a pretty good shadow? Uh, its fortune is in your hands. Looking forward to your response. Thank you. All right. So, Chris, Dad, you have a shadow Dratini, 15, 15, 14. That is a decision. Do you purify it? Do you get the hundo? Or do you not? I personally don't use shadows, so if I were you, I'd purify it. I like having hundo Pokemon, but I think my fellow PvPers would come after me for purifying a 15, 15, 14 shadow. I was going to say, if I were you, I wouldn't purify it, and I'd keep it as a shadow. So basically, it's it's really just a purely your call kind of thing. There is no right or wrong. Some people, such as DeFi prefer having the hundo there other people like myself prefer having the shadow for its pvp use it's all about what matters more to you so i'm sorry we weren't able to give you a definitive answer (laughs) you're gonna have to do some soul searching chris dad but let us know what you end up deciding to do our next question is from rita rita has a request for the pvp gang she says i am a huge machamp fan what moveset and how high should I power up a Shadow Machamp for PvP? Do I need three? Do I need one for each league? Well, Rita, I have good news for you. If you love Machamp, there are a ton of reasons to use it. One person who is an expert in using Machamp in PvP and PvE is Shagness. You can look for her, S-H-A-G-N-U-S-S. She has a Twitch channel, a Twitter, and she is a great person out there in the Pokemon Go community who is just a lovely human being, and Machamp is her absolutely favorite Pokemon. (laughs) She is amazing. I saw a video from her once where she took down, I'm pretty sure it was a T5 raid with all 1,500 CP Pokemon. She is phenomenal. So definitely a person to take a look for if you have a similar love for the Pokemon Machamp. So if you want to power up a Machamp for each or any league, it depends on which league you're powering it up for, how high you level it up. So um, Great League, you really don't have to level it up very high at all. Ultra League, you are getting a bit into the higher levels. I think it's got to be like in the 30s, low 30s. That is a a wild guess. Um, And Master League, of course, you've got to max it out completely. But it's interesting because Machamp is one of the very rare Pokemon that does work in all three leagues. So Pokemon like Machamp, Swampert, Melmetal, and Togekiss, there's really not that many. Can Can you think of any more, Deepai? Um, you can get a Lugia down to Great League, and you can use it in Ultra and Masters. Snorlax is a good example. You can use Snorlax in all the leagues. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Fish. There are very few Pokemon that you can use in Great, Ultra, and Masters. And Machamp is one of them. 
So if you love Machamp, you can run it with a variety of movesets. You can have, um, you're going to want a different moveset for PvP than you do for PvE. One really fun move that you can use in PvP is Payback. A lot of times people are not expecting that Community Day move. So you throw a move on a ghost, they're expecting a rock slide, and you knock them with Payback and you can one-shot things. It is really satisfying. Our next one is from Wang J. Chen, who gives us a short question. It is, hello guys. What tips do you have for players who don't count moves? DeFi, this is right up your alley. So, Wang J. Chen, you want to join the cohort of people who use the force in PvP. (laughs) So you want to use the force. Um, Using the force is definitely a phrase that was coined by Cochino Mom. She is a female battler, girls at PvP, um, leader in the community who does not count moves and she calls it using the force just kind of getting a sense for when to throw when um when your opponent is going to throw their charge move and this is exactly what i do i don't count moves i don't have a lot of the move counts memorized and the best way to do that is to just play a lot so you can kind of get that sense for the timing of the moves I would say, though, that sometimes you can pick up counts just through osmosis. You're not you're not specifically counting them, but you do get a sense for it. Like, for example, I would say, DeFi, that just through the sheer amount of battles you've done, you could probably tell me how many Powder Snows it takes for a Frostlass to get to Avalanche. Okay, so I'm picturing the battle. I'm picturing tapping. I've got my frost lass in against whatever something I'm going to murder with it. Meganium. Um, six. I think I tap. I think I get six. Yeah, exactly. You've never counted, but you've just faced frost lass so many times that you just, you know that if you've led your meganium into the frost lass, I, I have full confidence that you will switch it out at the right moment. Nine times out of 10. And that's good. And again, that comes down to what I said before, just playing a lot and knowing mm. your po- knowing the Pokemon that you use really, really well. It's harder for me to use the Force if I'm up against Pokemon that I am very unfamiliar with. So now we have our last question. I think this is probably going to be our biggest discussion, so we saved it for last. And this one comes from Kevin. Kevin asks us, can we talk about how fast Sylph has been lately to drop the Banhammer on all the fun and even accessible Pokemon? Why is my boy Umbreon always taken off the list? This ruins the experience for me, and if it's just me, I'll shut up about it. <laughs> has this ever affected your opinion of the meta? Thanks. Well, first, I've got to say, Kevin, I absolutely love this question because i have always been a person who loves a good intellectual debate like as long as it's respectful of course um i I love discussing things like this i uh, really appreciate that you feel comfortable enough to to tell us like hey look i know how much you love this sylph stuff but i've tried it and i've got some problems with it and and now we get to talk about that if if anyone listening to this has any more thoughts like this and they want to you know start conversations like this absolutely more of these please (laughs) defi well i have a really good example umber i'm not sure how many times umbreon has been banned this season but think about poor azumarill 
Azumarill got the banhammer in every Sylph Cup this season. Uh, so it was either yeah. an individual. It was either banned individually or banned because of its typing. Like if fairy types were banned, obviously that also disqualifies Azumarill. So if you spent the resources to build an XL Azumarill, you didn't get to use it in the Sylph Arena really at all this season. So that is a really good example, and I sympathize with that. I love Umbreon too. I use it a lot in Ultra League, and it's a great Pokemon. And if you spend the time and the resources building up a Pokemon that you love and then you don't get to use it in the cup, I completely understand. That is frustrating. So typically there will be three reasons, one of three reasons that a Pokemon. So typically there'll be one of three things at play when a specific species is banned. The first one is to promote balance so if you're picking a meta that's only these four types are allowed often a single pokemon or a couple of pokemon will rise to the top and they'll become so dominating that you've really got to remove that pokemon from the meta to ensure that other pokemon get a chance to shine the second reason is accessibility where sometimes pokemon are just way too hard to obtain and the people who do have it get an unfair advantage so things like tropius which really not that many people have you've got to come from like south africa or greece or have been to a safari zone (laughs) that's about it Uh, or pachirizu which is uh, not only regional but also requires xl candy so you've got to have a lot of them to use that so those pokemon will be banned for that reason the third reason is just to promote challenge um, sometimes the arena wants you to have to look a bit deeper or stretch a bit further than just relying on faithful old Galarian Stunfisk or uh, relying on that same old Azumarill over and over again. They want you to stretch out, learn something new. They want you to stretch out and learn something new. I learned something new this Silphorina season during the Prismatic Cup. Um, for that red slot, I used Crawdont, and due to my own mistakes, due to my own unforced errors, I had to build two Crawdonts um, with different movesets, <laughs> and I learned a lot. It was fun. I did really, really well with it, something I never expected to use in PvP, and it was fun. I had a, just had a really good time. And I would say that you are a slightly better battler now because you had to learn uh, like a Pokemon that you weren't used to. All right, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so for me personally, having to stretch like that, that's part of the appeal of, of why I think the Sylph Arena is, is, you know, the best thing in PVP right now. Uh, but I totally get how for some people that can be a turnoff. So while some people like being stretched, other people prefer, being comfortable and just, you know, using their favorite Pokemon, which is something that I, I talk to a lot about with, with new people to the PvP scene is they like certain Pokemon and they want to use that. And I'm, I always encourage them to use those Pokemon. So, yeah, I totally get it. I have to deal with the same thing now with Ultra League Remix, where I am a little bit peeved that I have to build three new Ultra League Pokemon because everything I have currently is banned. So that's all to say, 
I understand <laughs> where you're coming from. All right. So some options that you have, even if um, so you want maybe want to try the Sylph Arena, but you look the, at that month and you see that your favorite Pokemon is banned. One thing you can do is you can see if your community would be willing to also run an open Great League uh, tournament. Those can be ranked as well or unranked just for fun. And open Great League is really, really fun to do uh, with a show six pick three format. And then you can use any Pokemon you want. Yeah, they can be ranked or unranked, depending on, you know, what you and your community prefer. Another option is just um, you don't have to play every month's cup if you want. Like if you get to a cup and they've banned Umbreon, you can just skip that month and come back when when your boy Umbreon is allowed again. All right. And with that, thank you, everybody who sent us in questions. We really, really appreciate it. And we love hearing your feedback. If you ever have any questions or suggestions for Fisher myself, you can direct your feedback to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Chris and Kyle also give lots of other ways to contact the show, like sending in a voicemail. Other ways to contact us, if you look in the show description, you'll see some links. One of them says more DeFi E250, and that'll take you to places like my Twitter account, my Instagram, my Twitch, um, my Twitch channel. All of those are great ways if you want to hear more from me. And more fish will give you, among other things, a link to the Pallet Town PvP Discord server, which is a community, a pretty new community where we uh, help build and educate people's uh, love of of PvP, particularly in in the competitive scene, but uh, but GBL as well. All right, and after all that, now let's kick it back over to Chris and Kyle. All right, thanks as always, Fish and DeFi E. DeFi, looking forward to hanging out this weekend. It'll be fun. And Fish, you'll be there in spirit, my Australian brother. Uh, all right, this is that that one section. At the end of the show, it's like the last one, besides goals, I guess, that we do. It's emails. And a couple voicemails. We got some voicemails. And we're going to start off with this first one. It's from Todd. Hey, Kyle and Chris. It's me, Todd, one of your new patrons here. I'm actually walking up a hill right now, which was probably the worst time to call you guys as I'm out of breath. <laughs> Thanks for great audio content. Um, just out here grinding away. Just wanted to give you guys a shout, tell you guys I love the show. And actually, I just got a job at Patreon. So I'm actually a Creator Partnerships uh, development rep, actually. So very happy to say Congrats. I supported you guys. And from supporting you guys, got a new job. Well, I'm very out of breath. Anyway, no shiny Darumak for me. Did catch a shiny five-year anniversary Pikachu. Very excited. I was just finishing up my grind session last night. Was driving away. Saw one of them blue yellow thingies. Clicked on it. Kablam. Shiny. So, alrighty. Well, that's it for me. Just want to say thank you guys so much for the content. Thank you for joining me on all of my raids, grinds, and sessions. Truly one of the greatest podcasts out there. Um, shiny vibes to all. Greatest sentence of life. Anyway, I know when I hear this on the episode, whenever this plays, I'm going to be like, yeah, Todd, you should not have been walking up a hill. Anyway, <laughs> shiny vibes off. Peace. 
<laughs> oh my god i love that uh, thank you we, we we gotta make it a requirement for people that leave us voicemails they have to be doing cardio at the time to... <laughs> you have to be out of breath <laughs> yeah, that was awesome and congratulations on a new job that's so exciting very happy for you um but i, I would have to say i think the highlight and i'm most jealous of that shiny pikachu it's a cool one it's, it's a cool yeah, one it's it's a it's a good shiny it's always good to get a, a custom pikachu shiny Oh, yeah. With a five-shaped balloon. Yeah, don't forget <laughs> Pikachu with a five-shaped balloon. With a five-shaped Do you balloon? have your Pikachu with a five-shaped balloon? Do you know where your Pikachu with a five-shaped balloon is? It's 9 p.m. I do. I, I transferred probably like 20 of my Pikachu with a five-shaped balloon just a few minutes ago. You know, I've been catching as many Pikachu with a five-shaped balloon as possible because I've been working on my Pikachu metal. I will never work on my Pikachu metal. Especially not with no. Pikachu with five shaped balloons around. <laughs> but how could you? It's a Pikachu with a five shaped balloon. I uh, I mean I'm I'm catching my Pikachu with a five shaped balloon, but only to work on my electric type metal because I'm only a, a couple short from the platinum. We're gonna move on uh, from we're gonna move on from this Pikachu with five shaped balloon. All right, this next uh, voicemail is from Wang J. Chet. Hey guys, this is a. Uh... Wing Chicken, and this is my answer for the Pokey Poll. Uh, well, before I start, I just wanted to say, Kyle, don't be mad at me. I know how much you like these Pokemon. But um, I've been working for fun on a storyline for a future main series game um, that would be set in like a, in like Africa called Kamba. Um, and it really, it's just a bunch of ideas I've had over the years that have kind of gelled into this. And one one of the ideas was about the fossil Pokemon, because I know a lot of people talk about them having all rock typings, except for the newer ones, which I don't really know that much about. But my idea um, was that they didn't have rock typing, typing originally, but because they were fossils and that's how they regenerated, the rock typing kind of was added to them and sometimes replaced their original typings. So... Here's the list that I had. Um, first was Almanite, which would be a water pump, just a um, mono water type. And then Omnistar would be psychic water. Kabuto would be bug water. And then Kabutops would also be bug water. Yes. Uh, Anorith, uh would be a bug type. And then Armaldo would be bug dragon. Shieldon would be just a mono steel. And then Bastiodon would be Steel Ground, Craniodos would be a Psychic Pokemon, and Rampardos would be a Psychic Steel Pokemon, Tyrant would be a Fighting Dragon, and Tyrantrum would also be a Fighting Dragon, and then Amorous would be an Ice Pokemon, and um, Aurorus would be a Fairy Ice Pokemon. And then the most controversial part of this list and of my story is that I would have three starters be fossil, but the three starters would be three of the fossils, the fossil types, um, the Leap, Tiratuga, and Arkin, and they would also gain an extra uh, evolution, a, a second evolution. So the Leap would be grass, the Crawdilly would be grass, and then it would grow, it would trend, it would evolve into a Pokemon called Baobilly, um, which would be a grass dark type. And then Tiratuga, would be a water type. Caracosta would also be a water type, and then it would evolve into its third stage, which would be a 
proto what we call protochina, which is a water dragon type. And mm-hmm. then the final one would be Arkin, fire flying. Arc hops would be fire flying. And then its final form would be a, would be called Fianart, which would be a fire fairy type. Um, because I just had one more to, to tell you about. Um, and that was Aerodactyl. And the thing about Aerodactyl is, in my story, the guy who, um, discovers this land of Kamba, um, his whole he, you know, he was attracted to the idea because his first Pokemon was an Aerodactyl, and he always thought Aerodactyl would not be a, a rock type since it could fly. And so, it's kind of a joke for me. It's Professor Ginko, this is his name. Um, but when they discover the Aerodactyl, that Aerodactyl is a flying and rock type, but it has a baby form, which is called Dactyl, and it's just a rock type. And the, the the thing is that these rock type Pokemon live on top of a mountain, and their whole lives, as as you know, as babies, they jump off the mountain to get the things they need, and then they have to crawl back up, and then finally they jump off and evolve into an Aerodactyl, so they don't have to keep walking back up the mountain. But I thought it was a, a funny thing that he's always thought that Aerodactyl wouldn't be flying rock, and then discovers that all these other Pokemon, fossil Pokemon don't have rock typing except for the one that kind of inspired him to do so. But yeah, sorry so long again. Wayne J. Chen, I gotta say that is, is brilliant. I really liked how creative you were with the typings, uh, you know, getting rid of the rock typings and giving a fun secondary typing. And if I could have a starter, that's an Arkin, I would be super down for a game like that. I would need to see how it kind of gets redesigned to not be, so goofy because i feel like some of the pokemon would need to be redesigned with the no rock type in mind yeah 100 percent uh i i appreciate all of the the thought that went into the the redesigning of the types especially i will disagree on one point i think both bastidon and kranidos should be rock type i i think they they scream rock type to me more than the rest of them Maybe, but the point is to get rid of it. I, but that's what I'm, I'm saying. They they seem of the list of Pokemon that are fossils. Sure, they seem like the ones that actually belong with Rock. I guess so. Versus, you know, pretty much any of the other ones, really. <laughs> but here's the thing: the highlight for me of this whole thing is I would love to see what Dactyl looks like. I bet it's adorable. Yeah, I want to see Baby Aerodactyl. That'd be really cute. Really, really cute. But thank you very much for the voicemail. Appreciate it. All right. Now we're on to the emails. And this first one is from Kay. Hi, Chris and Kyle. I feel compelled to write in when the question was asked, who uses their thumb? I do. Me too. I have catching single-handed down pat. Sometimes I switch to single-handed thumb throwing when I know it increases my chance of excellent throws. I mastered this art out of necessity because I often pokey hunt with my three furret buddies who require one hand on their leads at all times. P.S. I even have a shiny. See the photos. I have two sable and one white. There's some adorably awesome looking ferrets attached to the original email. And thank you for sharing those. It was great. Which leads me to ask, do you have any pokey hunting pets or buddies? Cheers, guys. K, a.k.a. Snowroo. 
Copernicus, my cat, would be my first choice, but he isn't interested. I've tried. He's like, <laughs> nah, man. I don't know. His account's like level one, so. Yeah. No, I don't really either. Unfortunately, my dog is is elderly, so he doesn't like to go for super long walks that go usually entails. Yeah. So keeps me company when I clear out my bag when I do that every like month. There you go. All right. Uh, a bit, but I mean, I, I often play with uh, other people like my sister. Uh, so she's a she's a consistent playing buddy. That's fun. Yeah. And now that things are opening back up again, I've seen Kyle quite a few times. and It's been a lot of fun to get back out and playing again. It's been it's been too long. But thank you very much for the email. Kate. Okay, really appreciate it. Next email is from Darwin. They said, hello, bug catcher, Chris and nocturnal trainer, Kyle. Accurate. I'm a Pokemon fan who's 14, so I can't get around as easily as a normal trainer. And I have been listening since episode 35. You can call me Fizzlix, sir. Hopefully I said that right. Please correct me if I didn't. I started listening to your show when I heard about it from Pokemon Go Radio. Back when I didn't play Pokemon Go at the time, but listened because of the wonderful community that has conversations over Pokemon. I started officially playing over a year ago and thought it was about time to write in. In that time, I've grown to love this game as much as all of you do. Also, before I go, what was your biggest community day fail? For me, it was being late to the recent Gibble community day and not getting a shiny Gibble, yet getting a maxed out Great League Garchomp. I finally wanted to say I love your show and keep up the great work. Fizzlixer, a.k.a. the Fletchling Lover, shiny vibes all. Biggest community day fail. Yeah. All right. I got one. I, I don't know if this counts, but it's it's a fail to me. Okay. I didn't get to play Mudkip Community Day because I had to go to work. And it turned into probably one of the bigger, quotes, mistakes of my Pokemon Go playing career. To this day, I have like, I don't know, 200 Mudkip candy. And of course, no XL because they barely spawn. Yeah. And only like one shiny, two shinies maybe. <laughs> yeah, dude, Swampert turned out to be like mega valuable. <laughs> yeah, I was. I'm real upset about it. I'm I'm real upset about it. Like two years For later, sure. but For sure. For sure. it is what it is. Uh, I would probably say, other than not having started Community Day sooner because I missed out on Mareep and Dratini and Pikachu and a couple of the other ones, uh, but probably. Just participating in the first place on Chikorita Community Day was my own personal fail. <laughs> I'm trying to be funny, but I really can't think of another fail. Uh, I mean, I haven't really had any like tragic uh, Pokemon Go Community Days other than I had a 100% Swablu, which then I evolved to an Altaria because I never thought we would see a Swablu Community Day. And then lo and behold. We, we got one. So I guess that counts. <laughs> but thank you for writing in Fizzelixer. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. This next email is from Rita. Chris and Kyle, I discovered your channel a year ago last Christmas. I'm such a big fan. Well, we're big fans of you too. I too use Pokemon Go to recover from muscle atrophy after hospitalization uh, after double pneumonia. Oh my gosh, that sounds rough. My sister was visiting with nephews who were playing and there were Pokemon in my bedroom. I was hooked, even though I am way older, and each new Pokemon released or evolved is a brand new surprise. 
I normally love events, but the five-year event was truly an event from H-E Double Hockey Sticks. I am retired and can usually knock out these events in an hour or two on my walks. Not this one. I never did so many tasks ever. Got some rare ones eventually, Piplup, etc., but then kept getting the same ones over and over. I went online looking for help. Was it better to walk and do tasks or lure up? Throughout the event, I bought and used lures. I found that a particular Pokestop can give different quests to different players. Turtwig and Chikorita ran on me more than once. Oh, me too. That's awful. Me too. Oh. Finally, before going to sleep, I saw Turtwig on my screen, Golden Raz and Ultra Bald with trembling hands and finished the quest. Thanks again, Rita. Yeah, we agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's no disagreement here. No. Yeah, we, we both had similar experiences, although uh, n- not quite a as satisfying of a finish as that. But we were both struggling more than usual. This one was a bit rough. I respect the trying different things, but this one didn't work out. Yep. But good hustle, Rita. And thank you for writing in. We appreciate you. Next one's from JJ. And they said, sup, boys. Sup. Long time, no email. I've been back playing Pogo a ton since the summer started after taking most of winter and spring off. I just left my job in preparation for university in the fall. Since I've come back, I got a shiny Natu and Snover and somehow no Bidoof or Darumaka, even though I've tapped on a million of them. (laughs) Tell me about it. Chris doesn't get to comment. Well, my question is, if the Pokemon database was too stuffed and had to get rid of one Pokemon and its evolutions, if it has them, or it will explode, who would you pick? I would go with Plusalon Minum. They're just Pichu, but with added math. <laughs> <laughs> I was told <laughs> there would be no math in this Pichu. P.S. Every time there is a Pikachu with balloons event, I picture one floating away while making the noise it makes when it gets hit off the stage in Smash Bros. Pika! <laughs> Keep up the great show, JJ. Had to get rid of one. Oh, that's snubble gramble. It's an easy answer for me too. It's it's Klefki. Yep. I just, I I never want to see another one. Klefki and its evolution. Wait. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't have an evolution. More Klefki. The, the database. The database only gets one single bit of space from me. I remove one Pokemon, and that's all. <laughs> they should make Klefki Klefki into like a. An evolutionary line. There should be a baby form that looks like a fish, like a set of Fisher Price uh, keys, like babies have. It already looks like a set of Fisher Price keys. No. And then Klefki, which looks close to it, but it's not. And then the the last stage should be like <laughs> it should be like an old set of keys that looks like a janitor's key ring that has way too many keys on it, and it looks like it's just struggling to live. <laughs> I, I, I'm picturing like. The really, really old school solid brass key that only has like two teeth. Oh, there you go. And yeah. it's yeah, okay. That would yeah. be a little that would be a little bit better. It would have at least a little bit of character. Uh but we're getting rid of them, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Good riddance. <laughs> Thank you for the email, JJ. This next one's from Drew too. Hey, Chris and Kyle. A couple episodes ago you said you don't receive much criticism from listeners. I expected it to pour in during the following episodes, but apparently none of your other listeners have the C dots to say anything critical of the show. So here goes. You ready? Okay. 
First of all, you guys flip-flop worse than politicians. Some examples. July 31st, 2019. Kyle stated in regards to the introduction of Team Go Rocket Stops, I'm really positive about this change. And then he proceeds to talk about how he never likes doing them. Which is it, Kyle? <laughs> January 3rd, 2020, about the upcoming year, Chris says, that's what I'm looking forward to the most, is getting to travel oh, no. to go somewhere else for Pokemon Go. <laughs> Did you even travel once for Pokemon Go during 2020? I feel lied to. <laughs> uh Hang on. I need to defend myself. <laughs> Hang on. All I got to say is I still don't particularly like doing rocket stops, but I still think it's a positive addition to the game. Yeah. I have yep. I have not changed that stance. I think it's great that they exist and it's it's cool. There's more content. <laughs> and I think given the global circumstance in 2020, I think it's clear that I had no excuse. I should have traveled. Yep. Yeah. You <laughs> could have gone everywhere you could have gone downtown you could have gone to wisconsin like come on i went to local parks i did go up and take a day trip to milwaukee yep so i guess that's kind of, kind of true i suppose yeah uh second you guys always talk about joining team voicemail and list a number to call but when i call the number to get more information no one ever answers it just goes to voicemail how do you expect anyone to join the team if you don't let people know how come on guys this is real basic stuff it's good. he's 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 they're right we have to work on recruitment there <laughs> these are these are deep cuts uh third it's obvious that kyle is in some sort of master league battle club and is refusing to admit it quote we don't talk about master league we don't talk about master league end quote we get it kyle it's one of the rules to not talk about it but can't you just occasionally talk about master league it's not everyone else's fault you guys blew all your stardust on powering up wormholes and shuppets instead of actual useful pokemon I feel personally attacked by that one. Hey, hey. I don't because Shuppet evolves into Banette and Banette will have a Mega eventually. So that will have one use at some point. Oh, there you in go. The future. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really holding out for Gigantamax Butterfree. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Fourth, I really need more air horns from Chris. I've got a fever and the only prescription is for more air horn. Do you mean like me vocalizing it or adding it into the game? Because, eh, eh, I mean, I don't know what you want from me. <sighs> I guess that's about it. I'm thinking about leaving a review of the show, but I can't find where to review podcasts on Spotify. Have you ever tried contacting them about leaving reviews? <laughs> Signed, Drew 2. This might be one of my favorite emails we've ever received. You raised some good points. There's some good points in here. Spotify, where are those reviews? Right. Why haven't uh, we taken care of that yet? We will take all of your points to heart and reflect on them and, and be better people as a result. Th thank you. Thank you for calling us out. And the last one here is from Leebot. They said, hello, Chris and Kyle or Kyle and Chris. I think from now on, whoever wins the weekly goals challenge should get to go first in the naming order conventions. That answers the question of the correct order changes it up weekly and in no way would cause confusion when trying to remember for recording a podcast. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It's not, it's not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. I just want to take a quick second to thank you all for the preparation, research, editing, and work that goes into putting out such a great podcast product. Listen to the podcast on Saturday morning while Pokemon hunting is definitely one of the highlights of my week. Thank you for making everyone feel welcome, providing a platform for your listeners to participate in the podcast and providing a positive, family-friendly atmosphere. Amazing job. Oh, thanks. Stop. You're going to make Chris brush. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this would be a great time to talk about spawn rates, event spawns, event mix, and seasonal spawns. 
I will mention some of the things I have noticed and then would love to hear your opinion on whether you like what Niantic is doing here, still needs improvement, or needs to change completely. Let me start by saying I feel like Niantic has done a better job recently of getting the ratio of event shiny and event special Pokemon, total event Pokemon, and normal seasonal Pokemon feeling much better in-game for their events. This used to be something that really frustrated the player base, and now it is something we rarely talk about anymore. I remember previous shiny events that lasted a full week where we might see less than 50 of the event or shiny spawns across an entire week-long event. I now feel I have a good chance of catching the event Pokemon with decent IVs, a decent PvP one if needed, or to have a decent chance at a shiny based on the spawn rate. Good job, Niantic. I also think that they have had a change in strategy in going to fewer, denser, 10 to 14 day events. This also feels better in trying to make the most of the event, especially if you have weekends where you can't play, family come into town, etc. Long work weeks or portions of the event where you can't play. This reduces FOMO and gives players the opportunity to strategize and take advantage of the parts of the event they want to focus on. Now, for the main thing I think needs to change, I've always noticed specific trends in how Pokemon spawn during Niantic events. Events start really strong with boosted spawn rates, boosted event spawns, and feels great. You notice the difference right at the start of the event. As the event progresses on, the event spawns diminish, the number of spawn points appear to decrease, and more and more of the normal seasonal spawns take up a larger percentage of the spawn pool. Why is this? Why not keep the mix the same for the whole event? Is it to ease us back into normal play? That might that might make sense, except that we usually only have two or three days before the next event starts. We have a meme that we use for the start of the event as well. First night, best night. Very true to form. With the recent event, it was made even more apparent because event spawns increased as the event went on. In fact, in direct contrast to normal events, Bidoof were noticeably absent at the start of the event so they could ramp up spawns throughout the course of the event. I thought that was amazing. I'm not expecting a ramp up of spawns per se, but that begs the question, why would they ever ramp event spawns down? Doesn't this cause people to lose interest and fall off playing? People outputting in the work at the end of the event should be able to get event spawns just like they were at the beginning. If you haven't gotten the shiny wander in the event, you would want to have every opportunity to catch one when you're out right up until the end. I would love to hear your opinion on spawn rates, what you think of the current event spawn rates, your opinion so far on the seasonal spawns, and whether this works in-game long-term, and ways you think Niantic could improve the game in this area. To coin a phrase from Mitch, shiny vibes all, especially with GoFest coming up this weekend. Thanks for all you do, LeeBot40. Okay, so there's a lot to dig into here. I think first and foremost, I want to agree that Niantic has done a much better job about balancing event spawns with regular spawns. Like with this last 50 year anniversary event in particular, Darumaka felt good. Yeah. For example, the starters felt good, ignoring the ones that didn't spawn, but that's a separate issue. But there was still other stuff. There were still Pidgeys and, you know, whatever the cat that's spawning right now. I don't remember. It's, Meowth? It's not Meowth. It's not Purloin. It's, it's, it's Skitty. It's, it's, no, it's not Skitty. It's the other one. It doesn't matter. I just remember. I don't remember which one it is. There's too many. 
I think there's only one more, man. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 I don't remember. Okay. Glammeow? Is it Glammeow? I don't think Glammeow is spawning right now. It doesn't no, matter. Not right now. But it, it definitely feels better when you're out that you have the variety. But the question about spawns ramping down over the course of events is a touchy one. How so? What do you mean by that? I don't think there's actually enough proof to say that except for in some select instances. There there have been some instances where there's like where the event spawns, they're gone. Yeah. But like that is objectively they're gone what happened and it usually something broke. Most of the time I think people are just used to the events at that point that they're expecting the same response that they had at the start. Mm-hmm. And so they're not noticing all of the stuff around them that is happening. Right. Because it's the normal. I'm of the same mind. Uh, we talk a lot about the psychology of players when it's, when it's pertinent. And this is one of those times I think Kyle's got on the head. I don't really notice this happening except for again, a couple of times where there has been some issues with spawn pools uh, you know, I, I just I'd, I'd have to see some more data on this and it, with a reasonable sample size uh, in order to really buy into it. It can feel one way, but just because you feel one way doesn't mean the reality is that way, too. Yeah. You know, because remember, spawns are random. So the right. one hour that you play, maybe you don't find very many Darumaka on the last day. But somebody else could have found 50 in that hour but but also just to kind of take it back to the psychological viewpoint if you are shiny hunting daramaka this entire event and it gets to day 11 out of 14 i don't think this event's 14 days but let's imagine it is and you get to day 11 and you've just been hunting and you can't find it you're getting a little frustrated and you're like where you know i'm looking for daramaka to click on and you get to day 14 and you still haven't gotten one on that day you're going to be like looking exclusively for them and you're going to be seeing anything but them because it's what you're looking for and you're desperate and you're frustrated, you know? So I, I don't know how much of that, there could be some truth to both sides of that. It could be very well the case that spawns do diminish. I personally don't see it. And uh, especially when there's events that I just don't care about as much, you don't see it. And I think those two correlate. I definitely agree. And in relation to the Bidoof event, that was definitely Niantic very deliberately poking at the fan theory about spawns decreasing yeah. as the event yeah. happened. They they did that very deliberately because Badoof Day was a joke. Mm-hmm. The Badoof event was a joke. I loved it. I loved every minute of that event. Too. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would I wouldn't take that as proof that oh my god they inverted it. I just I think that one was done very deliberately. Yeah, but you raise an interesting point and it's an interesting topic, especially to talk about, you know, how people are feeling versus what we're actually seeing in the game. It's always really interesting to see how much people put like personal superstition into things like RNG and stuff like that. And like, oh, I bought something in the shops and I'm guaranteed a shiny member when that was a thing with content creators. Like, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So I'd love to see more on this. But thank you for writing in and talking about this, Leebot. Really appreciate it. And thank you for all the kind words. Appreciate those as well. 
But that brings us to the end of the email section. If you, dear listener, would like to send us an email just like these fine folks did, you can do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. If you'd like to join Team Voicemail, you can join uh, via calling 262-586-7717. Um, and you just have to leave a voicemail. There's, <laughs> there's no other special instructions. <laughs> Uh, visit our website for all things GoCast, GoCastPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at GoCastPodcast. We have a Patreon if you'd like to help support the show monetarily. It's also the only way to gain access to our Patreon Discord. That's via Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCastPodcast. And shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons, Cyprian Bo, Daniel Zuckwalker, Andrew, Chad, Robert, Laurie, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, and Tish. We appreciate you very, very much. Thank you very much for your generous support and helping us keep uh, the digital lights on. And we got one new review this week. It was from Mighty Splats. It really is a one-stop shop for all your Pokemon Go needs. Always up to date with news and current events. The PvP section is truly amazing and in-depth. Shout out to Fish and DeFi. The podcast is run by fantastic hosts that are well-connected to the Pokemon Go community. A must-listen to all Pokemon. A must-listen for all Pokemon Go fans. Well then. Let me just uh, straighten that tie. Thank you very much. <laughs> so nice, nice things to hear. Uh, appreciate the review. And if you would like to help support the show, monetarily is not in the cards for you, or you're looking for an additional way to do so as a patron, please consider leaving us a review on platforms that allow it, such as, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and not Spotify. I will let you know. All right, Kyle, it's uh, goal time. And this is very special for goals because we have GoFest this weekend. Yes, we do. We're yes, like we goal do. fest, am I right? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, what are you thinking, sir? All right, you got you got to go big or go home, right? I'm planning on going big and then shortly afterwards going home. No, 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 it's not shortly after because we have to wait till Monday to go home. Okay, but, okay. I'm uh, gonna go big, wait a period of time, and then go home. Yeah. Um, a hundred raids is the goal. That's that's the number one goal. Okay. I'm going to say I didn't do the math. So five million experience. Okay. 20 shinies. And that's that's probably a little bit extreme, but I'm I'm hoping to be lucky with that. And then I got one more because you got to go big, right? Yep. I want to finish some platinum medals. I've got a bunch that are real close. So you ready for the list? I am rock, ghost, electric, and dark. Dark is the farthest away at, I need like 350 dark, which is very unrealistic, but that's the goal. Okay. Look at you, man. Who's ready for failure? <laughs> that's it. The hundred raids defaults to almost finishing the experience one. If I did the math right. So. True. True. There you go. There you go. Um, I'm not going to have some specific goals like that. I'm going to add some, I think, especially after our prep stream. I'll add some more specific ones, but I've got some overarching ones as well. For me, it's hit level 47. I'm getting there. I'm like, you know, two million, two and a half million away. I'll definitely hit that. I'm going to join you for these 100 raids, although I think I might tag out sooner than all that. We'll see. But I, I want to be there for you, at least to help with the majority of them if I can. Um, and then 25 shinies. I'm feeling pretty good about that. I don't want to discount the ones we might get from raids because a lot of them are shiny possible. And I want to come out with 7 million stardust in my pocket. Okay. 
So that's 900,000 I have to get. All right, well, good good luck to us. It's going to be quite the event. I'm really, really excited, obviously. Uh, so that being said, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Uh, shiny vibes, everybody. Uh, thanks, Mitch, for coining that phase, phrase. It's like the best phrase ever. And good luck at GoFest. We'll see you on the other side. Don't forget to check out the VOD if you want to do some GoFest prep with us. And on Saturday and Sunday night, again, we're going to be doing a recap of recording. That's the plan, at least, unless something weird happens. And we'll push that to the feed as well. So uh, until next time, bye-bye. Bye.